When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Billy Cox, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in Five Songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Welcome back once again. This is Martin Popoff for History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcasts. We are part of the vast and always expanding Pantheon Podcast Network. Uh, we're available on Spotify, iTunes, and 40 other podcast platforms thereabout. All right. Um, this is episode 90, nice and neat. Uh, we're going to be calling this one Live Albums of New Songs. Um, this is something I've kind of planned for a while. There's actually more uh, more examples of this than are on the list. I'll mention a couple honorable mentions, but um, I also might be doing a sneaky thing and... Um, leaving certain things away from here uh, because I may have an episode I'm formulating about uh, live new wave of British heavy metal albums. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have a few things related to that perhaps uh, along the way. Um, but yeah, I, I like the way that all five of these examples kind of are here for different reasons. That's kind of interesting about these. But uh, the whole idea is um, uh, live albums that are not songs that, that came on the, you know, three, four, five previous studio albums. We're getting all new songs here. Kind of a weird situation. Um, let's start with our first selection. This is kind of the most famous one of these, I think. Um, at least in terms of hard rock. Um, you know, the Jackson Brown running on empty is <laughs> pretty darn famous, multi-platinum. But, uh, but anyways, this is a pretty famous one in rock lore. Uh, let's take a listen. This is MC5 with Rocket Reducer number 62. If it's for your mama, so get with it, just think you're satisfied You ain't seen nothing yet, I said a well, well, bang your bell All right, so this is from Kick Out the Jams, uh, one of the earliest heavy metal albums of all time, or hard rock, whatever you want to call it, garage rock, punk rock. Uh, like Venom, these guys have uh, a lot of tags that you can put on them. Um, but this is recorded live at the Grandy Ballroom in uh, Detroit, October 30th and 31st, 1968. Uh, it was issued in February 1969, so really early for an album this heavy. It's pretty much chalk heavy all the way through i'm now looking at my uh you know that i've owned for years my french copy uh warner 
of this thing uh, kicks off with Ramblin' Rose with uh, with the, um, uh, the the sort of falsetto vocal on there. The title track, super heavy, um, you know, song from MC5, Come Together. We just played this. This is kind of a spacey one. It's got some really cool parts to it. Borderline, uh, kind of heavy garage rock on side two. Motor City is burning. I Want You Right Now is heavy. Starship, really spacey. Um, but just kind of wall-to-wall electric mayhem here uh, you know and this brings up a point this is the kind of thing um that you often see uh there, there's a certain sort of pride and arrogance in oh we're we're so good live that that our our record could be a live record our our debut record in this case debut mc5 record live record and, and it's actually their most famous record and probably most well regarded at least as a historical document they followed it up with two radically different to this and to each other studio albums uh, back in the USA in high time. Uh, and that was it. They only made the three albums. So yeah, their debut is this live album came in a gatefold. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, they, they were a really good live band, so it kind of made sense. They were already tried and tested for a few years on this. Uh, you know, making a live record like this meant that you didn't have to travel to New York. Uh, you know, you think of the Stooges albums, a lot of records from that time are not actually made in Detroit. Um, so this allowed them to stay there. So there, so there's the arrogance of a, um, a band thinking they're good enough to do a live album like this. It is a, it is a risky move. Um, but there's also perhaps a little bit of the laziness and the cheapness on the part of the record label in not taking you uh, to, to New York or, or California or whatever, you know, to, to make a record, an actual studio album. Um, but yeah, this this absolutely worked out because it captured the live fire of, uh, of MC5. They were an amazing band. They had some wild choreographed kind of moves up there that looked pretty cool, actually, and looked contrived. Um, and... Um, like I say, the 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 second album is uh, is not nearly as heavy or raucous, uh, and then the third one is kind of well thought out and and well recorded. Um, so this is really, um, you know, this is why this is probably the prime Detroit rock and roll document, maybe along with uh, with Funhouse or the First Stooges um, or the other MC fives, maybe some Amboy Dukes in there, maybe some SRC, maybe some Frost, maybe even some Mitch Ryder. Uh, as as part of this whole Detroit rock situation. But there you go. I wanted to mention one other one. Uh, you know, remember I mentioned the New Wave of British Heavy Metal. Another one similar to this is the A2Z Witch of Berkeley album. I may I may save that for another episode. But but essentially, that was a New Wave of British Heavy Metal band. They only made the one uh, album, and it was a live album, and and not that great, I suppose. Um, their singles were better, uh, more more well thought out. Anyways. Save that discussion for later. Uh, Let's move on to our second selection. Take a listen to this. This is Jimi Hendrix with Message of Love. So here's a situation where, uh, you know, Jimmy has sort of jettisoned, uh, you know, the the experience. And uh, and we've got an album here with drummer Buddy Miles from Electric Flag and Buddy Miles Express. Um, 
and uh, and Billy Cox, right? Um, so so essentially, um, this is his new band situation. He's uh, you know he's a little. He's tired. He's all over the place. There's drugs. There's uh, there's creative fearlessness. There's moving ahead. So he forms this new band, and they, um, you know, it's it's kind of a short-lived situation. This is a this is a live album of new originals, uh, you know, and recorded at like their third and fourth shows together. Um, you know, there was apparently some friction in the situation as well. wasn't a wasn't a greatly received album uh, by the critics. Um, it is a little. It's a little casual, um, but you know the the recording is good. Uh, I I'd say the songwriting, the songs are a little underwritten, but the recording is good. There's lots and lots and lots of Jimmy soloing. Jimmy sings on it, but uh, but Buddy also sings on it. Um, and uh, and I think the best uh, well put together songs are the one we just played, "Message of Love" and "Power to Love" as well. So you got "Power to Love" and "Message uh, Message of Love" on here. Um, you know, it's got "Who Knows" changes. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it, you know it, it's considered a little bit of a um, a little pioneering thing in the idea of funk metal or hard funk or even even hard rock heaviness. There are some riffs on here, um, but again, it it just seems a little little um a little rambling as it goes goes along but uh, but quite well put together it's not it's not as bad as a as a 1960s sort of um you know live album could possibly be uh it, it went gold immediately you know jimmy jimmy died uh, roughly a year later um, and and the album eventually was certified double platinum, so it, it turned out to be a, a a pretty big deal. But you know, he was uh, Jimmy was sort of pressured to um, you know get another record out. Uh, obviously, was a huge star, but now now things are just uh, you know like I say, the changing personnel, uh, the chemistry perhaps wasn't there the way it was with the experience. Um, and there we go. Jimi Hendrix, Band of Gypsies. Uh, you know, the, the album cover, of course, just says Hendrix on it. It's considered a Jimi Hendrix album, um, but it is also called Band of Gypsies, right? And, and the band, I suppose, is called Band of Gypsies as well. Um, all right, let's uh, take a short break. We'll be back with our next selection. All right, back again here on History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff. Um, brought to you by Pantheon Podcast. Let's uh, let's play our uh, third selection here. This is uh, Ted Nugent with Spontaneous Combustion. Take a listen. All right, so we actually covered this album uh, in our episode a few episodes back on worst single live albums. Um, so I'm going to just say different things about it than I said at the time. Uh, hopefully, here this came out in 1981. Um, you know, I looked in my Ted Nugent book. I do have that available still at martinpopoff.com. It's the new Weimer edition that I have it 
have available. So it was updated from the old one. The old one was called Epic Technician. The new one is updated to include one more album, Shut Up and Jam, but it doesn't have the uh, the latest album on there. The music made me do it. But uh, but I I um, I want to point out a couple things that that were said in this uh, because on the Facebook um, we had a little bit of discussion about this. And somebody brought up that oh it's not really a live album. Sounds like it pretty much is if you believe Charlie here. He says so. Charlie Hewn, the uh, co-vocalist with Ted, says logically we only did a couple of the songs live at each show. Says Charlie, what we did is we played a couple of different tracks at each show, and that way the album was put together as being live. But it was off in different cities, and that's how uh, they got the title. Ironically, all the songs are in A, but don't tell anybody. Every but everyone has their opinion about that album. It didn't do that well, unfortunately. You know, times were changing, and being a live album with all original songs, it was tough to try to make it work. There wasn't really a radio song on it, and how do you put a live song on the radio, especially in 1981? So yeah, just to back up. So essentially, this is this is Ted making a a single live album. All new songs. These are not songs that were on any of the previous studio albums. It's just slam right after Scream Dream, which is 1980. This is 1981. You know, before that was State of Shock. And uh, and yeah, single live album with this great title, Intensities in 10 Cities. Um, let's see. Uh, said Ted, uh, originally this album was going to be called You Can't Keep a Good Dog Off Your Leg. And we had a picture of about 20 chicks literally climbing up my leg. It was right after I got off stage and I was all sweaty. So it was like they were climbing a greased pole. Um, what I'm going to do now is use that title for the next album. Ha ha, it never actually happened. Uh, let's see what else Charlie says about this. Um, it doesn't sound like any of the songs got proper studio treatment. That's me writing in the book. And he'd say, I'd have to go back and look. But no, we didn't go into the studio and record any of that. This was all live. We had a mobile recording unit out of Texas. Chet Himes and his wife Debbie were out and he did it. But no, it was just Ted in his glory years going out and doing what he wanted. You know, Land of a Thousand Dances, just Ted being Ted. And you've got to hand it to him, somebody that made it up there headlining arenas and coliseums. They just deserve to do what they want. Interesting. Um... I won't. I won't read. I I printed out here in my notes. I was I was gonna kind of read you my sort of quick review of the songs, but I'll just say generally, I I didn't think it was that. Uh, these songs were that well written. Spontaneous combustion is one of the cooler, heavier tunes on here. Um, it's actually all quite heavy, um, but I don't think it's that uh, particularly. Um, great an album. All right, let's move on to our fourth selection here in episode 90, Live Albums of New Songs. This is HSAS with My Hometown. Take a listen. All right, so what we have here is uh, is a very similar situation to the Ted situation, except this is really fresh because it's an entirely new band. And uh, all they did is they made one album, and that's it. They were done. They were done like dinner. Um, this is uh, Sammy Hager, Neil Sean, Kenny Aronson, and Michael Shreve. 
Um, Neil Sean is kind of the spearheading the whole situation. He had played with Michael Shreve in uh, Santana in the early 70s. Kenny Aronson had played with a lot of different people. Uh, Bob Dylan, I've interviewed him before. Um, Bob Dylan, I don't know if Bob Dylan is before this or after this, but, uh, you know, I know mostly from the Derringer Band. And, of course, Sammy Hager, big solo artist. Uh, what happens right after this album is uh, is Hager goes and joins uh, Van Halen. So that's probably the key reason uh, why this didn't uh, continue. Um, so this album, uh, Hager, Sean, Aronson, Shreve, Through the Fire, or HSAS, Through the Fire, came out in March 1984. Um, you know, along the way, the plan was to possibly get Tom Peterson from Cheap Trick into the band, and they also talked about Denny Carmassi. Um, but yeah, so, so you know, the, the core of the band is really Neil and Sammy, who were good friends. Um, and, uh, and what you get with this is a, is a really, you know, quite powerful and heavy and vibrant and electric, um, hard rocking album, more or less start to finish. Um, you know, whiter shade of pale is probably the letdown on it. Um, so that's the cover of the Procol Harum classic. And, uh, that was a bit of a single on it. Um, but top of the rock was also a bit of a single on this thing. It peaked at number 15 on the, but the, you know, this is one of the billboard sub charts. Um, but whiter Ch shade of pale went to number 94 on the main chart. Um, and uh, He Will Understand is kind of a cool, rocking, melodic ballad sort of thing. Hard to explain. Missing You is sort of a ballad, but but still pretty... Well, not a ballad, but just kind of a poppy song. Animation is kind of like atmospheric and cool and arty. Um, but the one I played you, My Hometown, is, uh, is a really you know, awesome rocker. Um, there's, there's essentially uh, eight songs plus a short one on here. Um, uh, Valley of the Kings uh, leading into Giza. I think it works that way. Anyways, uh, those two together uh, are kind of the uh, the cashmere Led Zeppelin-esque uh, situation on the record. Um, but Hot and Dirty is a good heavy song, um, and My Hometown actually closes the album. Um, so, so a big heavy song on here. So so there you go. That's a great example of this concept. Um, and, uh, and yeah, they never did it again. Uh, Sammy and Neil uh, reformed for, for uh, another short-lived band, Planet Us or Planet US, however you want to call it. Um, Later on, let me see. This uh, it says here on the back. This album was recorded live by the Westwood One Mobile uh, Facility, November 9th and t uh, to twenty first, nineteen eighty three. Additional overdubs at Fantasy Studios, December nineteen eighty three. Yeah. So the idea was that they uh, they played this sort of two week run of dates uh, to get the performances uh, of this thing, and and apparently the rehearsal before they put this thing together were, were only about a month. So yeah, good uh, good lightning in a bottle, uh, you know, nice heavy spirited Sammy album that a lot of people sort of forget about. All right, let's move on to our last selection here. Um, take a listen to this. This is Frank Zappa with Hot Plate Heaven at the Green Hotel. I used to have a job and I was doing fairly well. Depression came along and everybody started to yell. During the golden good old days and all the crap we used to sell. Now I'm in Hot Plate Heaven at the Green Hotel. All right, so this is, I, I, uh, I take pleasure in playing this one because this is one of the Frank Zappa albums that I play a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, 
it's it's a later album of his career. It's got that terrible album cover with Frank in his sort of Miami Vice suit and and 1980s graphics. It looks so terribly, terribly dated. Um, but what you get here is a a very lively, comedic, uh, action packed album full of originals. Um, like very funny. I mean, this is this is probably one of his most comedy concentrated albums he ever did. Um, it came out October 14th, 1988 on vinyl with just nine tracks, but then oddly, um, very shortly later, May 25th, 1989 on CD with 17 tracks. Uh, that's the album I sort of know all, all the time. Um, but uh, I wanted to play you one that was a little more Zappa-esque on it. One of the funny things about this record is it's uh, it's so dated in its themes. It's got... It's got a song about Elvis. Elvis has just left the building, so it's a little bit about, um, you know, fat Elvis at the end of his life. Um, You know, this is already 11 years after Elvis died, uh, so it's already dated at the time. Uh, But it's got Ryman Man, which is about Jesse Jackson. We haven't heard heard much about Jesse Jackson lately. I actually looked him up the other day um, because I'm wondering, what's what's up with Jesse Jackson? But I think he has... I think he has Parkinson's, um, so that's why we haven't any. And he's obviously quite quite old now as well. But you know, not not many years ago, he was one of the main commentators on all sorts of political topics, right? And um, so, yeah, Jesse Jackson uh, is talked about in that one. Um, we've got. Uh, police uh song murder by numbers and sting actually comes up and does a guest vocal on that kind of just a jazzy tune not one of the greatest musically because uh it's one of the least uh i suppose adventurous on here um we've got a song all about um michael jackson and you know his haircut get, getting caught on fire and that kind of stuff uh, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, Dickie's such an asshole. I think that's probably might be a Nixon song. Um, let's see. Uh, why don't you like me? That that's the one that is uh, is the Michael Jackson one. Music a little bit based on an old old theme. Um, Jesus thinks you're a jerk. I think that's all. Of, well, it's about uh, televangelists, but I think it's about Pat Robertson. Uh, essentially, as you go through this album, you hear you hear all the news highlights of of the era. Um, but it's well recorded. It's beautifully put together. Um, and like I say, it's just it's just comedy after comedy. Lots and lots of different vocalists on it. Mike Keneally is your main guitarist. Uh, you've got Chad Wackerman as your as your main drummer. So he's he's your sort of skittery, frantic Zappa drummer. Um, very distinct style that guy. Um, Ike Willis, one of my favorite uh, you know uh, sub Zappa singers, he's on it. Um, Let's see. Uh, but and a lot of Frank singing. Uh, there's there's uh, there's brass. Ed Man on percussion. Scott Dunes on bass. Uh, so this is a really pretty interesting album. And you also um, you know and, and this is a theme with Frank. I mean he's done this a lot. There are there are live songs even on studio albums that are that are non you know not on his other studio albums. But um, you know, Roxy and elsewhere is uh, is like this. Bongo Fury is like this. Zappa in New York is like this. So you know, the genius that Frank is is that he can actually do stuff like this and pull it off and and do these amazing uh, live arrangements of these songs that you know, uh, it, it's not that they, it's like, like normal bands who have played these songs hundreds of times and then they put out their live album of it. 
these songs are all pretty fresh uh, when he does this sort of thing in there, and they're really complicated. Uh, but yeah, Broadway the Hard Way, uh, I recommend as as sort of a Zappa album. Not a lot of people talk about very much that uh, I think you would love if you're into uh, comedic accessible uh you know fast-paced quick-hitting frank zappa not not uh not full of instrumental indulgence but just cracking jokes left and right um all right i just wanted to also mention um a few honorable mentions that uh that uh you know you smart listeners have uh, have mentioned on uh on the uh you know pretty vibrant happening facebook page we have for history and five songs um Neil Young, Time Fades Away, uh, all new songs, big album, 10 years after Undead. Uh, Jackson Brown, Running on Empty, you mentioned that earlier, where he's kind of recording that in uh, you know hotel rooms and rehearsals and stuff all along the way. It's got a real vibe about it, pretty cool album, and it was really successful. Uh, Jane's Addiction, um, the self-titled, uh, that was pretty cool that they did that. It's a similar situation. Um, Neil Young tonight's the night as well. Um, I'm just I'm I'm kind of just reading these off. I haven't gone and checked these, uh, but Primus suck on this. GNR lies we know is is uh, is essentially like that. Um, Tripticon Requiem. Um, Johnny Cash at Folsom Prison. Um, so there you go. Um, there's some other ones that apparently, like I said, I haven't checked these perfectly. That that that's exactly what's going on here. Uh, but there's some honorable mentions, and like I say, I've saved a few things. You know, I, if I do this new wave of British heavy metal thing, I'll talk about uh, you know the Holocaust live album, which is half and half sort of thing. Um, a, a lot of new songs in there, and you know, there's lots of lots of albums along the way. I remember one of the key examples of an album that you know lit our fire as young metalheads was when we got Kill the King on Rainbow on stage, right? Um, that that terrible, boring, you know, incredibly bad, bad live album on stage, um, but nonetheless, it had "Kill the King" on it before "Long Live Rock and Roll" came out, which is pretty amazing. All right. So if you liked this show and want to support uh, what I do here, uh, please go to Kofi, rhymes with no fee, uh, kofi.com slash martinpopoff. You can hit that red support button, buy me a coffee or a pint. Um, it's been working pretty good. I've, I haven't really thought, you know, I'm going to start a Patreon or anything like that. I think this is just fine. It's good enough. Um, and yes, uh, for this week on that front, I would like to dearly thank Bruce Campbell, Andrew Clark, Scott Dexter, Tim Derling, David Fisher, Jeremy French, Michael Ladano, Kevin Latham, Ihor Lukomsky, Matthew Nicholson, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, Patricio Smart, Roberto Vega, and Robert Yates. Uh, thank you very much for your support in keeping this thing going. Um, you can go to martinpopoff.com for all your book needs. Um, I had a bit of a letdown. I was supposed to get Flaming Telepaths, Imaginos, Expanded and Specified, um, or Specified and Expanded. I better start getting that, that title right. Uh, on Friday, but I think I get them Monday, and I may even actually only get them Tuesday. Um, but still have the sweet book, uh, Rebel Rouser. Uh, a sweet user manual that is pretty much exactly half the half the print run is gone with half of it left and still have one box of uh, of the new angel book left and uh, you know more coming down the pipes eventually there's some things wending their way across uh, from the UK from my UK publisher Weimer 
on the way. Uh, so thanks again. Let's leave it at that and uh, go play some of these uh, interesting live albums um, with uh, with new songs or of new songs. Thank you very much. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.